everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where the kids are off to camp, the weather is holding, and July 4th weekend is upon us. Happy summer, everybody. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Alice and right before Nahum's live lunch. Do my eyes deceive me? It is Yoni. What's up, Yoni? I feel like your eyes shouldn't deceive you at this point. I know, that's true. I see you every day. Yeah. But I feel I add some drama Okay. Yeah, to the mix by by doing that. So uh, Yoni Pollock, host of Bite Size, heard here every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for joining me behind the... Bu- thank you for joining us yeah, and being yeah. behind the board. It you know what like I mean. looks like you're having a great morning. Yeah, you know what? It's so smooth. And um, I'd again like to thank the Long Island Railroad for possibly serving up what is the absolute worst way to commute here in New York. Between the Long Island Railroad and the MTA, it is amazing that anyone gets to work. It, it really is. I would, like to, I would like to say that, thank God, I was not on the train derailment this week, but it would seem to me that if you leave an extra piece of track lying around, something <laughs> is going to happen. That train that derailed the MTA, that's the train I take every morning, just right. two hours later. Right, just two hours later. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. It would have been fun. No, I mean, right. The the tweets that came out as a result of that, I mean, the truth of the matter is is that New Yorkers are in good stead and we right. handle things very sarcastically and uh, in for a penny, in for a pound here in New York. But what was amazing to me this morning was how the conductors made an announcement that the train schedule will be changing after July 3rd and there will be uh, considerable delays and people should look for alternate routes, etc. And I'm saying to myself, you've just announced that the train we're on is going to be 25 minutes late. <laughs> so this is before the scheduled delays. This yeah. is, These are the unscheduled delays. You know what? I think that in my next life, I'll work for the Long Island Railroad because then I'll be able to uh, do a bad job every single day and still be able to come to work. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a disaster. Um, Good luck. Yeah, thank you. And and thanks to all my fellow Long Island Railroad commuters who are in the same boat as I am. Uh, Achiezer, for those of you who are um, who are familiar with Achiezer, and even if you're not familiar with Achiezer, they're an unbelievable organization located in the five towns, helping many in the five towns, Farakway, and outlying communities. Uh, they are presently having a campaign to help kids go to summer camp, kids who are in summer camp right now, and kids who um, who would otherwise be in summer camp if their parents could afford it. It started yesterday. I donated myself. Uh, if you go to achiezer.org, every dollar counts. And for those of you who are who are campers, and for those of you who appreciate the importance of keeping kids in structured environments and in safe environments, this is something that benefits the entire community. It may be your neighbor who is in need of your help. So please go to achiezer.org and help send a kid to summer camp. Uh, we have a lot of things to go through, but my guest is on the line, and the fact that he has good enough cell service to be on the line with us, I don't want to lose this opportunity. Benny Friedman joins us this morning. I'm not exactly sure where Benny is, but as long as Benny can hear me, we're in good shape. Good morning, Benny. Good morning, Miriam. How are you? I thank God am well, and thank you for calling in. We had a lot going on this week, Benny, and you are sort of at the center of it or a little bit behind the center of it as the mitzvah bus, which was featured in your unbelievably popular Ivrianochi video that's already had 2.6 million views, as I checked this morning, uh, was unbelievably was the, the subject of arson and what we suspect to be a hate crime late Monday, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you were one of the community members who held a press conference on Tuesday to bring light 
all puns intended, to this very dark situation. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. But uh, we always uh, fight darkness with light, and that's the uh, that's the plan, and that's the intention. The, what we're going to do. Yes, and that is certainly what we're going to do. And you, amongst other community organizers um, and community leaders, including our own Nahum Siegel, were there for the press conference covered by CBS2, covered by um, News 12, covered by DNA Info, and a number of other news outlets. Um, just tell me, from a personal point of view, because your work is so personal to you and you put so much of your heart into your work, which which comes out, I mean, even people who don't know you are touched by the warmth of the work that you do, your songs, your collaborations, etc. Tell me on a personal level how this, how hard this hit you. It's just very shocking because I think that most people go about their lives mostly innocently. You do, you do what you think is right, and you do what you think is best, and uh, and you expect that, that that that's how people generally behave. And it's very, very often the in the distant imagination that there are bad people that that intentionally do bad things. And uh, you know, we just we just uh, innocently go about our day, and then something like this happens, and it's very jarring and very shocking. Um, and it it kind of knocks you off your feet for a second, but. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the the job is to get back on your feet and to and to realize that darkness is uh, is uh, is is just a challenge that we have to face, and we have to uh, not let it stop us, not let it uh, discourage us. We have to continue adding simcha, adding love, and adding light. That's it. That's a- absolutely, and um, you know, for anybody who was a- who was there at the press conference on Tuesday, myself included, who saw the bus. You know, with with your own eyes, um, the pictures and the, including the picture that's presently on our app during this interview. If you're looking at our app, you can see a picture of the mitzvah bus. Um, it's owned, by the way, by Lev Schreiber, Lev Schreiber, who's also known as Leviticus. The pic, the bus has a number of Jewish images on it and um, is definitely distinctly Jewish-related. And if you're looking at the picture right now, again, on our app or any of the pictures that I've posted this week, both on Facebook and on Twitter, you can you don't even get just the enormity of how of how there's nothing left on this bus. There's the outer shell, the walls of the actual bus. But to consider that just a few months ago, Mayor Kay was driving it around and you were dancing on top of it, it is it is stunning to now see that bus in, in real life. Yeah, it's very, very sad. Um, but uh, but we will, we'll, we'll make another bus even brighter, even louder. And uh, maybe even like we said at the press conference, maybe even two buses. You never know. <laughs> I wonder also, I know that you're, you had one of your kids there or a couple of your kids at the press conference. I'm sure that also, you know, being that um, it is it, your work is uh, just like our work here is almost like family work. We're all involved in everything that we do. Our, our spouses are involved. Our kids are involved. What was your kids' reaction? I, I, I uh, you know, I'm curious to know. Also, how did you explain this to your kids? Something that represented happiness and light and warmth and and acceptance, and all of a sudden was turned into this. It's very difficult. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I, I believe I told my son when he, he asked me, "Why would somebody burn the bus?" Hmm. And um, I, the only answer I could think of was, "I don't know. I don't know why somebody would do something like that. It doesn't make any sense." 
There's no explanation for it. There's no possible explanation for it. And uh, and I'm and and it's not for good people to try to to rationalize why somebody would do something like that. It's just it's 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 an irrational thing that uh, an irrational person did. No, I, there's no there's no explanation. I think that's I, I actually think that's a very good answer. It's sort of something that we almost tell ourselves that we don't always get answers to questions that we have, and sometimes we just have to settle with that. But people should know that um, we it was it was already known on Tuesday that there was video footage. Um, captured by a, a a security system of a house across the street from where the mitzvah bus was parked that seems to have gotten or recorded some images of somebody walking away from the from the bus from the fire and actually that was released late last night by the New York uh, Police Department. Yeah, they have a pretty decent image of the guy they think did it, and uh, and they'll do their their uh, their uh, good work and find them. Benny Friedman joins us this morning. Um, phenomenal artist and actually loved by God knows everybody in the Jewish community and um, was was featured on Tuesday at the press conference in front of the mitzvah bus that again is the sort is the is the center of now a, a hate crime investigation what was interesting to me in listening to some of the questions by the reporters on Tuesday especially a reporter who interviewed Nahum is that she was completely unaware not only of the video footage but didn't exactly understand where we were coming from in terms of calling it a hate crime. I wonder if there's this sense that um, that we we as a community have a knee-jerk reaction in saying that when something is targeting the Jewish community, it has to be a hate crime instead of somebody who's just, um, you know, a meddlesome individual, a you know, an individual who just like wants to wreak havoc. And, and maybe that's the way we're seen by the outside community, whereas we know it's true that these these acts are not random and that this was a targeted attack. Yeah. Somebody asked me, you think it, you, you, you know, why are you so sure it was a hate crime? And I said, well, I don't know if it was a hate crime, but it certainly wasn't a love crime. <laughs> that is a, that is certainly, that is certainly the truth. Benny Friedman joins us. Benny, I know that you're up in the mountains and you're visiting camps and that must bring a tremendous amount of light to all these kids who are up in camp and um, I, I, I wish you continued Hatzlacha and everything that you do, and you should continue spreading good light and spreading cheer to everyone. And hopefully next week you'll be able to join us back on the air with some kind of you know, information or, or late-breaking news about uh, some resolution in this case. Nice. Yeah, uh, we, should, we, should, we should always get together to discuss good news and happy, happy occasions. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Benny. I really appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. You got it. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. That was Benny Friedman about the bus fire, the mitzvah bus fire, the arson bus, as it has been hashtagged, that took place last, um, oh, not last, just a couple of nights ago in Crown Heights. For more information, by the way, you can check both my Twitter feed, that's Miriam L. Wallach, and Nachum Siegel Net. Uh, our network Twitter feed. We've been carrying information and covering information about this as well to make sure that the community is well aware of what took place. Now, I, I don't believe that this is that this is random, um, and it was truly heartbreaking to see the bus in the situation that it was. I I, I must tell you, behind this yellow police tape, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it really was just 
heartbreaking. Uh, I know we're a little bit out of schedule here, but I want to do the national holidays. Uh, today is National Handshake Day, Yoni. Do we have one? Um, we, do we have a national handshake? Oh, like a cool handshake thing? No, actually, we don't, and I'm not coordinated enough to be able to pick that up. Um, it's also, and I'm going to explain what this is, but I have a feeling you know what this is, National Bomb Pop Day. You know what a bomb pop is? No idea. Okay, because you didn't have a good humor ice cream truck driving around when you were a little kid, because in Correct. Houston, everything melts. Right, okay. <laughs> so a bomb pop is that ice pop that's red, white, and blue that's stacked on one on top of the other. You still don't know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, my gosh. You're really young. Okay. A bomb pop, you can Google it now, but a bomb pop is that ices, um, that ice pop that's red, white, and blue, one stacked on top of the other. It's like, you know, associated. Uh, now you got it? I mean, I've seen those. Okay, I just didn't you know they know were they called were... bomb pops. I right. didn't know any, like you say bomb pops. Because you're not in your 40s. It's a popsicle. No, it's not a popsicle. It's not a popsicle. Anyway, it's National Bomb Pop Day. Also, I just want to mention what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is California Avocado Day. Plenty of people celebrating California Avocado Day. I try and celebrate it every single day. It's also Social Media Day tomorrow. Yes. Um, and just like National Avocado Day, I celebrate um, Social Media Day way too often during the week and, well, frankly, on a daily basis. Also, by the way, if you missed our interview last week with Naftali Engel from the Rebbe's Choice Herring, um, it really was a tremendous amount of fun. And uh, the YouTube video is still up. We Facebook lived it, right? So is it the video still yeah, available? It's on Facebook live. It is on Facebook you know, go live. Go to Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook. And there you go. Go it. to Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook, and you can pick up and check out that video. It was a lot of fun to have him um, in the studio. And frankly, we finished all the Rebbe's Choice Herring at the Wallach household last Shabbat. So I'm going to have to pick me up some more. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Ellie Beer joins us this morning. He is president of United Hatzalah. United Hatzalah had announced their first deaf EMT. Her name is Nahama Lobel. And now she is, I, I mean, reaching even new or breaking new barriers, I should say, as she has recently taught her first EMT course or the first EMT course ever in Israel for the deaf and hard of hearing community. Good morning, Ellie. Good morning to you. How are you? I, thank God, am well. Thank you for joining me on such short notice. I really appreciate it. Tell me about Nahama Lobel and tell me how she first came into United Hatzalah. Well, Nahama Lobel was trying to be a volunteer of an EMS organization for a very long time. She tried the ambulance services in Israel. She wasn't able. They went to, they, she went to get interviewed by when they saw she can hear. She was born deaf, so she she literally was dismissed. She couldn't start even training, and she was frustrated from it, but she didn't give up. She's a mother to two children, and she said if something happens to her kids, she wants to make sure that uh, she'll know what to do. And she tried everything, but she she heard of United Atzala, of Ichud Atzala in Israel, and she met many people who volunteer in Hatzala and have ambucycles or drive their own cars and save lives. And she says, I'm going to try United Hatzala. And she came to get an interview um, by our medical directors in the area that she lives in. And they said, you know, we never heard of anyone who can hear volunteering in a life-saving organization. So she said, what's the problem? They said, uh, so she, they said, so she said, why can't I save lives? They said, well, if someone's going to talk to you and say his problem, how are you going to understand what he's talking about? 
So she said, first of all, I can read lips, but I want to ask you a question. Um, if you are treating an Ethiopian person and you don't understand uh, their language, how do you treat them? Mm. So she had a real good point there. Right. And they said, you know what, it makes sense. You know, we treat many people that we can't understand a word, Russians or Ethiopians or whatever it is. We don't understand their language. We still treat them, you know, and try our best. And we, we do whatever we could. And she's going to have the same thing. And if she could um, manage that way, let's try it. And they put her in a course. And she joined United Atella's, uh EMT course. And she did very, very well. She was in the top, top of the class. Wow. And when she was finished, and everyone was helping her because they really wanted her to be successful, and she could read lips. So she was right across to the instructor. And when she was done, she said, I want to volunteer. And that was another challenge because we work in, in Israel. United Hotel works in a very unique way. We have an app that locates the closest five volunteers to every emergency, like Uber, but much more sophisticated, and it saves lives. So... She said, I'll have an app, and I'll be able to respond based on the app. But we also use walkie-talkies like I tell in America. Mm. So the walkie-talkies she can't really use, which is fine. But she uses the app, and she started saving lives. And the, literally the first week that she was on the field, she's, uh, she's driving her car. Uh, she dropped off her kids in school. And then she gets a, on, on the app, she gets a call coming in of a car accident, and she was very close, and she responded. She started treating the people. She knew what to do. One of the people in the car was deaf. Wow. And she was treating a deaf person, and she was talking sign language to that deaf person. That deaf person was shocked. She oh. had the ENT deaf with her. That's incredible. It was unbelievable. That's incredible. Um, it, it, the entire the entire situation is is really incredible, and I wonder if this is one of those only in Israel moments. Well, it's a great question. Look, a lot of things started in Israel. A lot of things that only in Israel moments. Uh, I can tell you that the app we use, which uh, is a revolution in life saving to know who are the closest five paramedics and EMTs and doctors and nurses within the first three seconds. And people could press a button and get help without even calling 911. Just calling United Hotels directly um, is a revolution. It's only an Israel moment. No bureaucracy. Let's do it. It makes sense. Mm. Second thing is the ambicycles. You know, you right. see them all around Israel. But when I started the first five ambicycles, people thought I'm crazy. What are you putting in most... An ambulance on two wheels, it doesn't sound safe, it's too dangerous. They had a hundred reasons why not. And I said, you know what, let's find reasons why yes. Right. And if this could save lives and get there much quicker than anything else, let's do it. And we started the AmbiCycle unit, which is one only in Israel moment. We need a lot of chutzpah and courage to do this. Exactly. And and then the Michama Lobel. And another thing we just started, which is the Hosen Project, which I think... You should hear it directly from uh, the people who saw Miriam Ballin started a program, which is the first in the world, for to prevent post-traumatic stress from people who see terrible disasters, mm. if it's bomb attacks and all the people that are witnesses to terrible things like someone dying, a child dying, and everyone takes it so bad. And people go into stress from it, and afterwards they need help their whole life. Wow. And some people can't go back to work. So we started a unit called Chosen, which uh, Miriam Ballin and her husband is a volunteer as well. He's a doctor and she's a psychologist. And they together started this unit to go help people in the first minutes 
of a disaster, of a trauma, and preventing this whole development of post-traumatic stress. And, uh, people literally, they save their lives in the second, like, till now, everywhere around the world, when something bad happens, people get treated, the ones who are physically right. hurt get treated, but the ones who are emotionally hurt were never treated. This is another thing that I would love you to talk about in one of your programs in the future. No, sure. We'll make some We'll make some more time, absolutely, because United Hatsala doing unbelievable work. And you mentioned, you know, that you need a little bit of, uh, a little bit of chutzpah, a little bit of Israeli chutzpah to to implement certain programs and it allows you to have this only in Israel moment. I, I applaud and I'm sure so do so does everyone else. Nahama's inherent chutzpah of looking in the eye and saying, you know, there's there's no reason I couldn't do this and taking it to the next level. I I you know, as as a parent and also as a spouse of a, of a Hatzala member, there is that inherent need to be able to help on the spot. And not everyone can react in the in the moment that they need to, the way that they need to, but there's something about the people who are able to put aside their fears or their awareness of the situation or the reality of the situation and just get to the 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 need at that moment, just get to the emergency at that moment that also requires that kind of chutzpah. Exactly, and I think it's a Jewish thing, not only an Israeli thing, because. You know, we came up with so many amazing things. You know, Hatzel in America, it was all developed, the whole idea. Uh, started from Herschel Weber and a few other tzaddikim who started this whole idea. It was really chutzpah. You know, they had an EMS in America. Why did you start your own? But they saw the need and they decided to do it. When we started our ambicycle unit, so we had five ambicycles, like I said before. People said to me, uh, Ellie, um, Who's going to give us permits to start these motorcycles running around with lights and science? <laughs> I said, uh, we're never going to ask for permits. You're crazy. If we're going to ask for permits from the government, we're going to be 95 years old till we see a permit. <laughs> I said, they're never going to let us operate if we ask for permits. I said, we should do it. And then ask for forgiveness <laughs> if, we ever need, if we ever need it. Right. So let's do it because that's the only way that we can actually reduce response time in the traffic going on in Israel. So we started with five ambicycles, and then when we had 150, we said, okay, now it's already serious. Let's go ask for permits. And within a week, we got it. And the government, actually, when I met the Minister of Health then, he said to me, what? You don't have permits to run this ambicycle unit? I said, no. And everyone was shocked. Everyone in his office, they were sure we have permits because they saw it, you know, driving around. And right. said, we see it everywhere. Right. Now we have almost 700 of them. Incredible. They all have permits. Incredible. But this is the way to do things. Nahama, what she did is come to the to headquarters and look at the eyes of the instructor who was asking her questions, you know, the supervisor of Atzala, of United Atzala, and said to him, very, very clearly, you could treat someone who's Ethiopian and you don't see the word he's talking about, and someone who's unconscious. She said to him, you're treating someone who's unconscious if she didn't talk at all. And you could treat with no problem. I could also deal with it, it's un not understanding what they're talking about. It's really, it's quite incredible. We have just like a, a, a few moments left. I'm wondering if you've had other potential volunteers from the deaf and hard of hearing community now that they've seen Nahama and maybe sat in on her course, um, and if there's been a response from that community. Yes, we do. We have actually a group of uh, um, people who want to stop becoming volunteers who are deaf. And uh, she's getting them together. We had courses that we give. We gave uh, uh, people who can't hear and have a hard time hearing 
EMT courses just for basic knowledge, which I heard I saw in New York and I saw in Dio did that too to their community. But we're taking it really, really serious um, to take away um, this this whole monopoly that people like us who could hear and see clearly and we could save lives. Yes, other people want to do that too. Why? Why shouldn't they be right. part of the life-saving, um, you know, uh, uh, life-saving mission? And they should be part of saving lives. And this is amazing because now they have the opportunity. It's really incredible. Ellie Beer, president of United Hatzalah, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Continued Hatzlacha. Please give a huge kolaka vote to Nahama on behalf of everyone here. And we look forward to hearing you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to That's Live here at the Nachum Siegel Network. It is a full program today. And coming up in the background, yeah, you hear that? That's Benny Friedman's Light off of his Fill the World with Light CD. That is his newest album that is out. It is a phenomenal album, and certainly in light of everything, no pun intended, in light of everything this week um, and uh, this wonderful story from United Hatzalah, this seems to be the most appropriate song with which to close today's program. Right after That's Life, we have a live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel right here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and hopefully Yoni Pollock will join us today to discuss his summer foodie endeavor, uh, Munchin, Brooklyn Munchin, right? Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram, am I right? Thank you. Wow, I got that. Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram. We want to hear where Yoni went this week. Oh, and where he went last week, so don't miss it. tomorrow. And then, of course, Throwback Thursday starts at 1 o'clock and a full afternoon of programming continues here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM and AM from 6 to 9 a.m., Eastern Time weekly update scheduled at 7.40 in the morning with Malcolm Holmline. Of course, crazy things going on. You do not want to miss a moment of the weekly update. At the conclusion of JM and AM, join Naomi for another new edition of Table for Two. It's part two of her show from the Kosher Culinary Center in Brooklyn. Then stay tuned as you enjoy the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix from 10 a.m. Eastern Time right up until candlelighting. In the New York area, Rami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Motzei Shabbat starting around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Matis hosts JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And we appreciate, as always, your continued support of our programming here at the Nachum Seagull Network. You can go to fjbunity.org if you have not already pledged your support if you have not given during the jam and the am marathon that took place not two months ago it seems like uh please do me a favor do us a favor and support us at fjbunity.org again you are listening to benny friedman's light off of the fill the world with light cd that's life everybody bye guys <laughs> I got the-